The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Young Irish farmers are organising a march from Athai to Dublin on Tuesday to protest the lack of government provision to alleviate some of the challenges that they face. Now, they're going to walk through the night and finish at Merrion Square to hand deliver uh, a, a list of requests. Now, to talk about all of this, I'm joined by the Vice President of Mockland Northwest, Rob Lally, and by Limerick dairy farmer, Louise Crowley. Good morning and welcome. So, um, Rob, first of all, I don't know how the weather was with you this morning, but it would not be uh, a morning in the Dublin area where I'd like to be walking <laughs> or finishing <laughs> up a long march. So uh, tell us, uh, first of all, what's the weather forecast like for Tuesday night into Wednesday morning? <laughs> weather in Ireland, as you well know, Pat, is unpredictable. But um, regardless, rain, hail or um, snow, we will be walking and not stopping. Now, you're starting from Athai. Um, why did you pick that starting point? Um, Athai is where Makra was founded um, 79 years ago by Stephen Cullinan. So that's the significance of Athai. It's also we're 79 years in existence um, and that is 79 kilometres from the Makra Hall in Athai to the, feet, the foot of government buildings. Okay, so a lot of symbolism involved here. Uh, so what is your rationale for this? Uh, I mean, why are you walking to presumably uh, Kildare Street? You've got the Department of Agriculture there. You've got uh, the, the Doyle buildings there. So what's the rationale? Well, look, I suppose we've been knocking on doors and, and, and having what we thought was constructive um, you know, uh, consultations with our representatives. Um, unfortunately, we feel that uh, a lot of our requests have been have been fallen on deaf ears, basically. So uh, we feel that this symbolic walk is just to echo our frustration and um, lack of kind of a collaborative approach with rural dwellers and all of the issues that we're facing in rural Ireland across the board right now um, and basically what we want to achieve is we want to be heard and we feel that this is the best um, the best protocol. Now, uh, Louise, will you talk me through some of the items on your wish list? So we have eight key messages that we want to highlight and get across that are impacting not only the farming population in, our, in Ireland but the entire rural youth population of the country. So there's aspects to um, access to housing, that affordable housing, and even being able to get planning permission to build your house. Yeah. We want to keep people in our rural areas, so these things are vital. Now, uh, it's a, a thorny issue because, you know, the, the general planning attitude towards one-off housing, they want to stop that uh, because they say it's hard to resource various services like public transport to one-off housing. And yet, for people who are on the land, farming on the land, they would prefer to live on the land than maybe remote in a village. Yes, like if, if your business and your farm, um, if you're farming, it's, it's a vocation really more than a job. You have to be in the vicinity of the premises. You, you, you don't have the option of moving into a, a town or into a city. So being able to build on your own land and your own property is essential if it's the person that is actually, you know, farming and it's 
part of their everyday life. But like, I know we are struggling in rural Ireland too with we need more public transport infrastructure and services, but we can't keep forcing rural people into urban areas because these systems are already under pressure in our cities as well. Yeah, I, I can understand why you, you, with a shortage of housing and there's someone who's got a bit of land at home and maybe some of the children want to build on that land uh, that it might, you know, remove some of the demand for housing in the local town or the local village. But, you know, that argument about one-off housing and trying to service that one-off housing with public transport or indeed with anything, you know, broadband, whatever it might be, that they say this is a challenge uh, for the 21st century and it's got to be met by having more coherent housing policies? Well, I think anybody that envisions building out in rural Ireland, they know what they're bringing themselves in for. You know, you're not going to have uh, the huge public transport system or the services that an urban person would have. But we are entitled to have a minimum amount of services at least. And you mentioned broadband there. I think after the previous couple of years in COVID, when everyone was returned and worked from home, I think it's a necessity really that we should have access to broadband. Why should only built-up areas have it? And especially from the terms of, uh, I'm a farmer, it's actually quite a necessity now within Mm -hmm. my workplace and Technology is improving and, and a requirement to our job. Yeah. We, you know, whether you're registering registering cattle or applying for grants or whatever, you absolutely need a, a good internet service, a good broadband service. At this, uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, Louise, because you are a dairy farmer, the whole question of um, quotas for young people who may be setting up a dairy operation and are looking for grant aid, uh, there are restrictions there. Yes, it's totally unfair on the young farmer that is trying to invest in their business and improve on it and make things you know more sustainable and efficient that we are going to be placed with a quota on our heads and we're going to be capped uh, business-wise. It's very unfair. You know, the future of any industry is the new people coming into it. And especially in Ireland, you know, we need our young farmers coming in to keep it going. <clears throat> You know, the average age of a farmer is unfortunately getting higher every year. So we can't be putting any extra barriers in front Mm. of those young people that are taking on the challenge and want to better their farm. Now, there's a cap of 120 cows uh, proposed if you want to get that grant aid. What, in your view, is a viable number? I mean, what kind of a living would you get from 120 cows? Well, I'll just put it into terms of my own family farm so it's myself and my father farming together we would have always had 120 cows when it was a single person farm that was enough to keep one person farming and meet their their income requirements but there's two of us farming now so we have expanded to 200 cows the aim for our expansion was we just wanted to make enough that could provide both of our families an adequate living And in most cases where there's a young farmer farming, they're farming with the previous generation, whether it's their parents or their uncle or somebody else. So most farms are providing for two people, two incomes, if there's a young farmer involved as well. So capping it at 120 cows 
is really eliminating one person out of that business. All right. Well, um, you have a, a list, I think, of eight demands. But uh, I go back to you, Rob. Finally, how many people do you expect on this march? And at the end of it, who are you hoping to meet? Well, look, at we're 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 expecting a nice few people on the walk itself. Um, we're going to have a good a good few seniors off in a tie um, on Tuesday evening at six o'clock. Um, we end up we're going to end up at, at the foot of government buildings, and we're expecting to have around three hundred plus. Um, and look at, we're hoping to meet everyone. We have all our, our, our representatives contacted to come out and meet us um, and hear our cries um, f- for support, basically. Um, we're, we'll have uh, quite, a, quite a long night's walking. We'll be walking through the night, as you know. Um, that message will be consistently moving. Um, and the significance of that is, is because as a farmer, you never stop. You're always going. As a rural dweller, you're, const- you're constantly on the move. Um, regardless whether that's you know you're you're, you're traveling into your local worker or your farming and whatever but like what we want to what we want to see is we want to see these fundamental building blocks you know we need a good foundation in order to build a good robust rural ireland this is the rural revival that's that's what we need we need to replenish people in 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 the rural communities in ireland and encourage encourage them to stay we're seeing a vast amount i see you have a piece on um, on the radio today about um, teachers being wanted in Australia mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that was quite interesting because I, I don't know why they even need to market it with all my own friends at home there was 11 of us um, the last lad now he was a chef in, in, in our rural town and he's just after landing in uh, Australia yesterday or the day before so like that's that's I'm the only one fairman I'm the only one left in the rural community and um, in order for rural communities to, to, to prosper we need the chefs, we need everyone. It's not just farmers. And that's yeah. why we're, we're, we're shouting from the rooftops. Anyone that has been forced to, to vacate rural Ireland in search for work, in search of a better life, that maybe had to move to Dublin because the facilities weren't there to, you know, to meet the demands they, they have or the, need, the needs they require to live in a rural community, that they had to move to Dublin. Anyone, it's not just farmers, it's our teachers, our nurses, our guardy, or anyone... In rural Ireland, we're at a significant disadvantage, and that is what we are trying to trying to kind of get that message out. It's not just farmers, but farmers seem to be the only ones left in an awful lot of these rural areas, and the only ones that are able to carry the message. Now, in Mokra, we have a lot of nurses, we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of guards, we have a lot of teachers, and all this message is is coming from each corner of the country. All right, it's the Rob. Same issues. Very good. Rob Lally, newly elected Vice President of um, Mokra Northwest, and Louise Crowley, uh, Limerick Dairy Farmer. Thank you both uh, very much. 79 kilometres. You'd be walking at a good lick doing about six kilometres an hour, so that'd be over 13 hours. If you slow it down a bit to, uh, say, five kilometres an hour, that'd be a 15-hour trek. So I don't envy them. I hope the weather is better than it was this morning for that uh, long walk. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.